The Last Word on Health on Today FM. With Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label. And so it's time for our weekly Last Word on Health. Dr. Brian Higgins joins us from Galway. We're going to talk about heartburn and indigestion in a second. But before we do that, congratulations to you, Brian, because I understand you've become a dad again. Yeah, I am to little baby Alexandra, who was um, who was born uh, last week. And um, if it's OK, I just want to say a big thank you to the um, the staff in uh, University Hospital Galway in the neonatal unit, because uh, like myself, she was a little bit impatient and uh, has come early. So she's going to be spending a little bit of time in hospital, but she's been incredibly well cared for. Well, we wish her and her mother all the best and congratulations. That's your second child, I believe, isn't it? That is baby number two. We can't forget Theo, number one. Very good. All right. Well, I'm glad that you've been able to take the time to actually join us uh, on your weekly health spot. And we're going to talk about a thing called dyspepsia. Is that the correct way of pronouncing it? Yeah, we thought, I thought it might be a good topic to, to cover because I think with the upcoming season of overindulgence, potentially for some of us, uh, a lot of us are going to um, feel this symptom of dyspepsia or indigestion, um, which is a very uncomfortable feeling when the stomach has just had enough. Yeah. So what causes it? Is it simply down to overeating or is it what's in the food and drink you've consumed? Well, it, it can be a mixture of both. Um, it can uh, definitely, dyspepsia can be due to overindulgence. So especially taking too much alcohol or eating very large portions of food um, can certainly cause this feeling of abdominal fullness, nausea. It might be associated with some belching and it's just generally unpleasant. And it's kind of the stomach saying, come here, give me a break. Let me digest this and uh, then you can start again. And certainly certain foods like maybe onions, spicy foods can make that, can be a little bit harder to digest and make dyspepsia a little bit worse. Okay, now is there a difference between indigestion and heartburn? Yes, and heartburn and indigestion, they're words that kind of get used interchangeably, but they're two very different and distinct conditions. And it's actually really important because all of us can have indigestion and it's generally just a normal sensation, whereas heartburn is a little bit different. And heartburn is what happens when acid, which is in the very, very strong uh, tissue or skin within the stomach, manages to escape up to the esophagus which um, is just not as strong. It's a bit more delicate and it can actually burn the esophagus and give a burning, sharp, pressured sensation um, behind the chest bone. Okay, and that can be very, very uncomfortable, but can it also be a signal of something else? Yeah, absolutely. Now, if somebody has um, uh, developed, say, has maybe not slept, has been a bit stressed, has had some spicy food um, and drank a load of coffee, say, like every medical student coming towards an exam, um, they might get some heartburn. And if it's transient and it doesn't happen very often, it's relatively normal. But for people, especially the over the age of 55 or people with ongoing heartburn, it can actually be a sign of underlying and serious disease. Such as? Um, well, in the worst case scenario, what we'd always worry about is certain 
cancers. And one of the problems with ongoing uncontrolled heartburn um, um, or gastroesophageal reflux is that it can actually start to change the lining of the esophagus because as it's kind of trying to protect itself, it can um, it can change when something changes uncontrolled it can become a cancer and that's why for people who are maybe taking um, anti-acid tablets or proton pump inhibitors like esomeprazole which are now available over the counter in pharmacies if they're taking those regularly and find that they can't manage without them it's very important to go and chat to the doctor because not everybody but certainly some people will need um, what we call a camera test or an endoscopy, which looks down into the stomach just to check to make sure that everything is healthy. So can those medicines that you take, even though they're over-the-counter medicines, have a long-term reaction that can create a bigger problem? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, certainly, they are, there are concerns. We do know that there's an increased rate of uh, bone fractures are long bone fractures, such as a hip fracture in patients who've been taking um, PPIs or proton pump inhibitors for a long time. But what we know from that, is that's from a population study. And we're not quite sure yet whether those proton pump inhibitors stop the absorption of calcium or maybe reduce it over time increasing the risk of osteoporosis or potentially that patients who are maybe sicker, they're on more medication, who might live with obesity, might actually be more likely to be on a proton pump inhibitor. And all of those patients are more likely to um, develop osteoporosis. I think in general, there's a good rule with medicine where you shouldn't really take medicines unless you need them. And you always have to make sure that the risk of the, taking the medication you're being prescribed certainly outweighs the um, the risk of not treating the condition. Okay, when might heartburn be a symptom of a heart attack? Yeah, so uh, often I've I've met over the years I've I've certainly met men who've developed this kind of sudden chest pain or belching. And when we think of a heart attack, we think of a crushing pressure in the center of the chest associated with weakness and shortness of breath. But sometimes what can happen is we can get these atypical or unusual presentations where people have just maybe start to develop some reflux. So certainly if that's um, if you're over the age of 55, if you're a smoker, if there's a strong family family history of heart disease or if there's a sensation of weakness. So if you're looking up, looking up at the stairs and you think there's no way I can get up that stairs, um, you should you should contact your doctor just to talk to him about it or contact if you're feeling very scared. Uh, contact the ambulance service. You mentioned reflux there. Where does that fall in now with indigestion and heartburn? This sort of feeling that in the sort of chest area and sometimes a bit of sort of nausea coming back almost up your throat. Yeah, so that's a problem. When we're talking about reflux, we're talking about the acid in the stomach refluxing up out of the stomach. And it's a, it's a, it's a descriptive term. Um, so there's a mechanical fault with the valve at the top of the stomach and people can have a a hiatal hernia, where a part of the stomach has slipped up higher, so it's just more open and the acid can escape easier. Whereas indigestion are kind of is kind of a colloquial term that can people will use kind of interchangeably for a lot of sensations, like the way some people might say, oh, "I feel dizzy," or they might feel lightheaded, or they might have vertigo, that sensation of spinning. So it is very important when we're taking a history from somebody and they use terms like dizziness or indigestion that we're very pedantic on what exactly people can mean. And I think sometimes it can be quite annoying for patients when they're talking to the doctor and they say, look, I have indigestion. And then we're trying to find out exactly what they mean. But uh, the devil is in the detail. Bloating, does that, is that connected to indigestion? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first off, if somebody's had a um, a big, big, big meal, there there's only so much real estate in the abdomen. So if somebody's overeated, overeat, and they've had maybe a few gassy drinks, that air is going to get trapped. Um, uh, bloating as well can be due to if somebody's having a problems um, with digesting their food. The food can almost ferment and produce a little bit of extra gas. Or for people with irritable bowel syndrome, they suffer with bloating an awful lot. And it can actually be a very common sign for patients um, who suffer with IBS who have this recurrent bloating. Um, I would always say one of the one of the things with bloating is to be sure that you're having uh, small portions. You're making sure that you're chewing your food le- uh, fluid well. And if it's a case that bloating is an ongoing problem for people, food diaries can be very, very, very helpful because they might be able to attach um, their symptoms with certain foods. And there are foods which are called FODMAPs. And these are foods that are more likely to ferment in the gut. And as they ferment, produce gas that can cause that very uncomfortable bloated feeling. Um, there are some, like I'm, I, for my, I'm, as you can hear, I'm a bit croaky, so I have a hot drink of peppermint tea here beside me. But even simple peppermint can actually be really helpful to alleviate bloating in the short term. But again, if it's an ongoing for pe- problem for people, they should always seek uh, medical advice. Yeah, just to finish up now, obviously from all you're saying, prevention is probably better than cure, but the mm. nature of Christmas is people <laughs> are likely to overeat. So you have me a little bit worried now about the medications. I mean, antacids, what sort of things do you recommend that you can do for yourself? So um, there are different things that uh, we can take. So for people who are, you can have an alginate um, and you can pop into any pharmacy and they will they will guide you. So the Proton pump inhibitors, the isomeprazole that are available over the counter, they're brilliant and they're not going to do any harm in short term. It's frequent, unsupervised use for a chronic problem. That's really the issue. So they're very, very, very safe medications. Um, I think the worst thing that could happen is you might take one for relief and it won't work. Um, Certain um, things we can take, like an alginate, um, a calcium alginate can bind the acid in the stomach and reduce the acid in the stomach or certain things we can take from the pharmacy or maybe alkali to combat the acid in the stomach and turn it to water to reduce that burning sensation. But they're very safe and I wouldn't be worried. Okay. Dr. Brian Higgins uh, from Galway Primary Care, thank you so much as ever for joining us here on The Last Word as you have throughout the year and we look forward to talking to you regularly during 2023. I hope you get over whatever it is there that ails you and uh, congratulations again on the birth of your second child. Hope everything goes well for you. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. The Last Word on Health on Today FM with Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label.